Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We- It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, movie, film, TV, politics, Trump, Biden, you name it, COVID-19, we talk about it. But right today, we have a very special guest, and all I want to focus on is the great sport of mixed martial arts, the great sport of the UFC, and now let's bring on our special guest with my host, TJ DeSantis. How are you, TJ? Again, don't worry about me. All right, well, don't forget worry about, about TJ. Me. <laughs> we got one of the greatest of all time on the line. You want to say hi to me? Forget me. And now, it's time to bring on the former WEC Bantamweight Champion, the former UFC Bantamweight Champion, and the future UFC Champion, None other than Dominic, the Dominator Cruz. Hi, Dominic. How are you? I'm having PTSD like I'm back in the octagon right now. <laughs> ah, that's okay. That's my job is to keep you enhanced whether you're in or out of the octagon. Dom, you're handsome as heck and you're still handsome as heck. How you feel? <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Bruce. Takes one to know one. I feel good. I feel good. good. I'm a little swollen here and there, but nothing crazy. You you, you left know, you, you left one of the titles off of Dominic's resume, and that's uh, he's my favorite color commentator in the uh, UFC. Ah, there you yes. go. There Let's you vote go. for that this year because they keep giving it to DC for some reason. I don't know what people are thinking. Everybody <laughs> loves heavyweights, Dom. Like, what do you? It's it's an agenda. It's a bias. What are you gonna do? I think it's an example of size matters. You know, that's all I know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dominic. I got to tell you, man, uh, you know, I love watching you fight. I've always loved watching you fight. I've always been a huge fan before we became friends and road warriors that we are today and going into the future. But there's something in you Saturday night. You just you shine your movements. I mean, this was the not the Dominic Cruz of old because you're not old. I don't think of the Dominic Cruz of old, but wow, it's vintage really Dominic a, Cruz. Yeah, it's vintage. You put on a show against a very tough opponent in Casey Kenny, and it's like. It was awesome. Your 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 movements, everything. I I was fascinated watching you fight, Dominic. Great job, great job. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Um, I look forward to seeing what Casey Kenny does after that too. To be honest, because he's only got a couple losses. I'm one of the th- one of three losses for him. But um, after facing him, I think he's going to do really good in the division, even from that fight. Like he's gonna he's gonna level up from that. Well, you know, you're you're fighting and. <clears throat> one of the deepest, toughest divisions in the UFC. You just beat one of the toughest cats in the UFC. There's all these others that are, you know, 
after you. Uh, we'll talk about the monster energy guy in a second. We have to touch on that. But let's talk about the fighters in the UFC. When you think about your future plans and where you want to go, I, Dominic, I know you well enough to know that you're not just in this for the paycheck. You're not just in this to fight. You're in this to be a champion again. That's my guess. I mean, I, I, it's got to be in your, in your future repertoire of bucket list once, correct? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I don't really compete. At, I didn't challenge myself against Casey Kenny on a three-fight win streak on accident as a southpaw. That's the, that was the next step in the ladder. And I don't know who the next step will be, but I know Sean Shelby will give me somebody challenging. And uh, a lot of people will call me, about, call me out, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm not really worried about it until that time comes. Right now, it's about and trying to enjoy the results and that I've created and, and being sit with those in the present, like right here in the present moment where I have control. Uh, I feel happy. If I start going into that future portion of like, who are they going to match me with? Where's it going to go? I mean, there's no way of knowing Shelby makes those decisions. He made the last decision. Um, I'll talk to him. And when I get options when, when it's time, but right now just being here is, is good. So there's nobody in your head. Nobody that you're thinking about that you would love to step no, in with. Because I'm not going to get a title shot right off the bat. Right. So it's so that's if that's what you're thinking in your head. Let's go. Let's go straight to the top. But yeah, that's not going to happen. So I don't know what what will be next. It, it's going to be the next step in the ladder, and it really doesn't matter that much, you know, because they're yeah. all just nasty fighters. They're nasty fighters, and you're in anytime, anywhere. Let's get it done, type fighter yourself. So it's like you get the call, they put the opponent in front of you, and that's it. That's your job, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's for the most part. Yeah, yeah. that's what it, it's not too difficult. It's not rocket science. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. But, you know, you're one of the few fighters. You're so good on the mic. You're so good at commentating. Uh, you're so good at everything you do personally. But the fighting, the commentating. So like, you just got out of the octagon on Saturday. When are you back in the octagon commentating? When, when is your next go? I'm not back until the week after this weekend. When do you come back? I think um. I think I'm pretty close to that too, actually. I'd have to look at my calendar. I, I put it in my calendar, save it, and move forward. But I like the ones here in the States. Um, I'm going to be on the next cards that are two back-to-back -back cards in Vegas. Yes, yes, the 20th well, and 27th. I'll, I'll be on those ones. Okay, well, I'll see you there for that. And, you know, <clears throat> we've had John Anik on the show and other commentators on the show. The pre-prep work for your commentating position on the show, like John is always knee-deep, you know, in his cards yeah. and working and all that. What's it like for you? I, I, obviously, eight to ten weeks, six to ten weeks of training for a fight. What is your process before commentating? Is that is that a lot of work for you during the week before you get there on Saturday to, to do your gig? For me, it is because I like to watch the film. I look at it as a courtesy to the, to the athletes to watch their styles and watch their film and see what they're looking for. Um, that way, when I'm on fight night, you know, my job is to only see their movements and be able to to talk about them. I have all the, the paperwork I need, like a cheat sheet of their names, how to pronounce their names. Um, I have a giant cheat sheet, cheat sheet essentially yeah. with everything I need. So the only thing I really need to be watching is the film. And so as a job, as a commentator, no matter who you are, I think you need to be watching film of the athletes so that you know what their old stuff, like you guys say, I look like vintage Cruz in my last fight. That's what those were your words. Yes. The only reason you know that is because you've watched my last fights. So mm -hmm. imagine how many fighters there are in the UFC. How many uh, there's up to, there can be up to 25 fighters on one fight card. Um, 
I get, I have to watch all those fights. So that takes me a solid six to eight hours of film study. And I might do that in one night. I might do that in two nights, uh, like four hours a piece, but I get through the card and I compare weapons. And I like to do that because then the, then I'm speaking on behalf of the fighter and I'm not speaking on behalf of what I'm just guessing. Right. Exactly. Now, you know, TJ, you can appreciate that much more. You being in the same booth situation yourself or the events and promotions you work for. Dom, when you, when you are preparing like that, are you incessantly writing notes? And when you're at the table are all those notes in front of you, but I, or my guess is, and I could be off. You're such a cerebral individual. And I mean that with all respect, your intelligence and the conversation we've had in the past. I think you have a lot of it up here in the old cranium. It's like you absorb it, you keep it, or are you going off notes like crazy in front of you? So it's a mixture, actually. I'll take, like I said, I'll watch the film and then I'll write down their weapons and look at them like a puzzle piece. So like, let's say uh, Stipe, or let's say Stipe's best weapon is a right hand um, and DC's best weapon is um, an uppercut. My job is to, this is just a hypothetical, by the way. Yeah. My job is to um, see all right, how many fights has Stipe landed the right hand? And what, where does he look for it the most in fights? Like where, what positions? And then where does DC land his uppercut the most? And in what positions does, does he land it? And when you look at those two throughout their other fights, I look for similar styles that remind me of Stipe if I'm watching DC. And I look for similar styles that, DC, that Stipe's fought that remind me of DC. And then I try to see how they use their weapon. And then I fit them together and say, oh, DC's not going to be, he never, he never is there for the right hand. The reason right. why is he leans, he leans to the weak side. So he's there, he's there for a kick, but a right hand, he dodges. So actually, if you're Stipe, you're going to want a right high kick uh, as a weapon more than a right, a right hand. But stylistically, he doesn't really use that right high kick. So I see DC winning the exchange of battles uh, between those two weapons. That's gotcha. basically like how I would how I would do it, and I would just write down their weapons and then watch the film. And then the film vision stays in my brain, and the weapons there, and then I can call it before it happens or during. You know what I appreciate about Dom Bruce more than anything is he goes through that prep and, and that research and retains it and articulates it in a, in a manner that, that you know, other people just don't. But the thing that I like most about Dom is he doesn't really need to do that. Like, he's Dominic Cruz. He's, he's a former champion, could be a future champion. He's a personality in himself. He can just sit there and observe. But the fact that he does that prep work and then utilizes it for his analysis – I mean, that's just uh, an attention to detail that I feel the way he does it, it's different than other analysts. And no disrespect to them, I just prefer Dominic Cruz. Well, I think the difference, and it's a very nice thing you said there because I totally agree with you, um, he's a fighter. He's a championship fighter, and again, he's a cerebral fighter, so he's going to see through all that. And Dominic, with the way that you explain that, now let's take a turn of the coin here. You're watching your own division, that excellent fight between uh, Pielter Jan and Aljamain Sterling that ended in the DQ as you're watching and commentating that at the same time, I would venture to guess you're thinking about how you could beat either one of them, you know, watching them fight, because these are obviously two people that potentially are on your, uh, your game board for the future. How did you feel about that fight and how did you feel about the DQ? Well, I mean, it was an illegal shot and part of your job as a fighter is to be well, or as a champion is to, be the standard for the rules right in my opinion that's that's my I agree opinion. i agree uh, 
And so if, if you break the rules, then you could be a standard for, you can also choose to be a standard for responsibility. I broke the rules. Yeah. Um, so I lost the fight. So that's also the job of a champion, I believe, is to, is to be ultimately responsible the best you can in your situations. Now, that said, the circumstances of a fight, four rounds, you're exhausted, you throw the knee, did he mean to, did he not? That's all via interpretation by us. None of that's a fact until Jan decides to speak up on it, right? right. So I'm not going to sit here and give my interpretation because – What's the point of that? It's not even factual. It's he's got his own thing that was going on in his head. And I'm sure when he decides to talk on it, he will. And then we can use that as the fact rather than uh, me making up something that I think we, we all saw as for Sterling. That's the worst way you want to win a title. So he's not, he's naturally not happy, but it's not his fault either. So give the guy a break. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, you're just in there fighting and somebody lands something illegal. There's a reason it's illegal. You don't expect it to be thrown. I'm curious, Dom, do you feel that should be illegal? Because I mean, a little, little bit of history. I don't know if everybody knows this, but uh, for the longest time, these are the head of a down opponent were legal from 1993 to about fall of 2000. You could do that. Then Gan McGee needs some guy who should have been in the cage with them in New Jersey and Essentially, the, the rule was created. Uh, my concern is that a position shouldn't be a defense. And Aljamain Sterling wasn't defending that knee because he didn't think that he was going to get hit with it. Do, do you think we should allow knees to the head of a down opponent? That's a different sport. You can. There's other sports that have that. There's, you know, we had pride where you can stomp the head too, remember? Right. It, <laughs> so you can go to other sports that have those rules and that's okay. In wrestling, you've got... Freestyle wrestling, you've got Greco-Roman wrestling, you've got collegiate wrestling. All three styles have different rules. So if, I, if I'm not good at Greco, then I can wrestle freestyle. If I'm not good at freestyle, then I can wrestle collegiate. I can hop over. We have the same options in mixed martial arts. UFC happens to hold these rules. If you don't like those rules, then go to another organization. It's okay. I'm, nobody's mad at you for that. But in the UFC, I guess would be the question, should the UFC bring on the rule of kneeing a down opponent? It's up to them. Now you got to look deeper. Are we on the biggest network television in the history of the sport? ESPN. Yes or no? Yes. How do we get to mainstream television where we get the most views in the world, where the most people want to watch? I don't know if kneeing a down opponent is the way to succeed in that. I don't know if that being the approach is what people at the, at the most beginner level of watching fights, are are going to be okay with watching so you got to remember too that this sport in the ufc built this sport with the rules that they built so that the most mass quantities of people can watch it and not get too squeamish because it's already essentially a death match so how do you how do you keep the water line so that most people will tune in most people will like to tune in grandma's mothers children and still have the full truth of the sport i think that the ufc's done that with the rules that they've created i think it's very well put and i absolutely agree with you fully and if you bring back the the knees to the head you might as well bring back the head butts you know which i used which to is, love watching you know yeah in the days too. that's a bit I hyperbolic yeah I don't <laughs> maybe know. That's, yeah. that's a little the next level a little too much <laughs> but but i hear where you're going and it's like i'm not mad at the if, if you bring back kneeing a down opponent i'm never there like i'm not sitting there waiting you know you should be is. there 
I don't think yeah. you should be there. Aljamain Sterling was there because he knew he wasn't going to get need. He was using the position as a defense. I agree with all that. Mm. You're right. Fact. It's a fact. Um, and I don't believe that that's a good game plan. But he was keeping a crazy pace in the first few rounds, and Jan was staying very composed and doing everything right. So he really had no choice but to use that position as a weapon at that moment in the fight either. Yep. Jan was winning. So who am I to judge? You know, he, the dude's trying to get through the fight and he's using the rules as he should. Yep. You, you think they should roll it back as quickly as possible? I do. Yeah. yeah. You have to remake that fight. You have yeah. to. I mean, you can't agree. have Aljamain Sterling defend that title in the fashion that he won. I understand that those are the rules and, and Jan screwed up. But if, if, if Aljo were to fight Henry Cejudo or something like that, it, to me, it just it bastardizes the, the title. Like, how can you defend that title in, you know, consideration to how you want it? Well, I agree. I agree. Henry even being in the in the conversation isn't even real because the right. dude retired. I know. I so it was like, weird. What did you think when he showed up and did that weird stare down with Aljo? That was weird. Everything of him is weird. He's a weird little guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just weird. So um, what he's doing is sitting on the sidelines, running his mouth, not putting anything on the table. Like if you want to do this, get back in the lineup. Don't. Right. Don't sit out and wait for a safe zone to come in when a matchup fits your profile, like like your Jake Paul. Like, is that you know, what you think it is, Dominic? <laughs> yes, he's waiting for the right matchup to come in and say, "Oh, this is the guy." Because you know, look at Sterling; he wrestles a lot. He's not a strike heavy guy. So, what is Henry thinking? Like, oh, I can stop his wrestling, and now he's got a strike with me that that fits my realm. I think a Peter Young beats the brakes off of Henry Cejudo. And I think he knows that. And I don't want that guy. So I I think he, by leaving the division and retiring mm-hmm. and still running your mouth, are you retired? Because media is still giving you the the pump. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, this guy said, I'm retired. Like, ignore him. He's not in. He's not really putting anything on the line. What has he got to put on the line to run his mouth? Well, with all respect to Henry, he's staying relevant in his mind, you know. Jake One Paul, way Jake Paul, staying relevant too, <laughs> just by you know what I mean. What that, that's the game. That's the game that's going on right now with him. Hey, he's got a big fight in April. You know the thrower that they're putting on. Did well, Jake, Jake Paul, like at least he's fighting. At least yeah. he's got something in the. He's putting his name on the line. This dude's sitting on the outside with nothing on the line, talking. Well, we'll see. I mean, who makes the decision? Does uh, Sean Shelby call him and say, hey, I want you to fight? Or does Henry call Sean Shelby and say, hey, I want to fight? I mean, w- but yeah, at, the, at this point, is anybody <laughs> interested? You know what I mean? Like, he, he he can't come back and fight for a title right now. Not with Aljamain and, and Peter Yan having this. I don't think so. I think there's too many guys. You got um, Sam Higgins been looking amazing. Um, right. He deserves a shot yep. ASAP. And then you got the rematch that needs to happen. I think the rematch needs to happen. I think Sanhagen and TJ should happen. And then the winner of that fight, maybe a title shot. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like that person that isn't even in the, he's not even like, get out of here. Like I get it. Like he, he left the sport as a champion. Okay. You left the sport though. I mean, Dominic's right. For all intents and purposes, Henry Sudo's not a UFC fighter right now. He's out. He's retired. Well, he retired, so he's not until he's back in. Right. That's what we're saying. Right. When you're yeah. back in and when you got something on the line, talk. Yep. You know, let's I'm, talk about him. But until then, like, what are we talking? It's all hypothetics. Like, he's then, just, 
then let's stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and that's why that's why I love Dominic Cruz. He doesn't mince words. I mean, no, Dom, never, never. Dom you, when you have an opinion that differs from, uh, you know, the, the other analyst or even the play by play guy, that's what I like about you. Like, I don't think you're rude about it, but you never backpedal and, and you're honest. Do you ever get feedback or do you ever get uh, anyone saying like, man, you kind of killed me there. You're, you're brutally honest at times. Um, I, you mean like my broadcast crew? Just from anybody. Just like Oh, well the, the the fans are gonna look at that as like arrogant or whatever sometimes. You don't know it all. And it's like I don't think I know it all. But right. what I do know is the film that I watch prepares me to stand my ground. If I didn't watch film, I might be a little unsure. And then maybe go, you know, but I'll never make my broadcast team wrong. I'm in cooperation with one hundred percent. So the way I the way I look at it is I, I hear that you see it that way. Um, is there a possibility that this could be happening too? Right. And I think that that supports the the listeners, that supports the the viewers. Yep. Uh, you and got support- two things that two things to choose from. And that's, that's what I like about Dom. Like I said, like he, he does it in a fashion where if he is a dissenting opinion, it, it it provides clarity or an other alternative to what someone else is saying. And I, and I feel like there are a lot of times where people don't share their opinions because maybe they're not as confident uh, in them. But, but you know, when you hear the, the prep that Dom does, uh, clearly he knows what he's talking about. It all falls down to perception as reality for everybody, you know. And Dom is the first one to speak his mind and speak it directly and straight to the point. Point A to point B, straight line. There's no going around a circle right. with no. Dom. Honestly, straight though, line. Dom, straight keep line. it up, man. You're my you're my favorite commentator, and I'm obsessed with with broadcasting. So uh, you're doing a great job. DJ, thank you. I appreciate the comment. Nice, you, nice thank compliment, TJ. Absolutely nice compliment, TJ. No question. A uh, couple other things before I go into the the subject. Before I let you go, or you have to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dom. Uh, Amanda Nunes, I mean, what can you say? Sealed her position still as the as the GOAT in the women's division. I mean, there's really not much more, I think, that could be said for that. Not saying anything bad about Megan Anderson whatsoever. I, I just worry about the division, Buff. I worry about that Megan apparently is no longer under UFC contract. If Amanda doesn't yeah. want to continue at 45, I mean, we might see the featherweight division go by the wayside. God, I hope that's not. That's not really a division, is it? Like, I mean, not really. There? Not really, yeah. yeah like, let's, that's like, let's make a 140-pound division and then create a champion for it that nobody is there to fight anybody i mean it was there obviously because of cyborg and then obviously cyborg's gone uh you know felicia spencer's incredibly talented but she already uh you know went five rounds with with uh with amanda megan is is talented but she's already you know fought and lost to felicia all you gotta do is look at how long did it take them to make that division for cyborg right a long long? time long i mean a decade years i mean this long time years and years and years and years and years yep and why? Because there's no competition. There's not a lot of women at that weight class. There's just not. So she's good in a weight class where there's not a lot of people. It's like when you go to a when you go to a wrestling meet and you got one person in your in your in your bracket, you can be a state champion, but I mean you only competed against one person. Exactly. And you know, moving on to that, <laughs> we go into the light heavyweight division. You know, here's a situation with Adesanya moving up from middleweight to fight uh Juan and um Okay, as, you know, what can you say? Do you think that Israel should continue and and fight light heavyweight, or just stay in middleweight and just dominate? Well, stay in middleweight. Yeah, learned, stay in you middleweight. know, I mean, he did great. He proved his, he proved how amazing he is. Like to oh, move up a weight yeah. class like that, go five rounds with yep. the champion. Yeah, like yeah, that's not a loss. That's a win. That's a yep. learn. Yep. That's that's rounds in the book. That's yep. that's an opportunity. And you and he handled it well. Like everything from. 
the loss to the lead up to the fight. I mean, what? There's not one ounce of loss in what no. just happened out of Sonya. I agree. Win, 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 win. He'll be win better. Too. He'll be better for having that fight. But I, yeah. I think his future's at 85 for sure. Yeah, he put it perfectly when he when he was at his post fight interview. He said something along the lines of, "You know, I, I lost here, I lost there, and now I lost here. Everybody loses. You come back and win." In so many words. He's I'm surprised you heard that, Buff. I thought all you heard was Bruce Buffer gave me his whiskey. Oh, <laughs> I. You know what? Let me tell you something about that. <laughs> when I was in Abu Dhabi with uh, Israel, we were at the airport together, and he was telling me how much he loves bourbon. Right. So I said, "I'll send you a bottle." Well, when I tried to mail a bottle to New Zealand, you can't mail liquor to New Zealand. Right? Oh, so I it. saw him a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago at the show. I said, oh, I didn't know you're going to be here. I'll bring you a bottle the night of your fight. Right. So after he got out of the octagon when they were walking and I was leaving the arena, I handed the bottle to one of his uh, trainers. And I said, please enjoy the tell Israel, take this home, enjoy it, have a great time after the show. And then I left. I had no idea he was going to do that. Right. That was not, for the record, that was not my hand handing him that well, bottle. There's certain protocols in, in production, and that is one of them. I'm not a paid sponsor of the UFC. You'll see Puncher's Chance on UFC when I pay for sponsorship. Well, That, it, was, just a, that was something that just happened. It happened. I, I know Dom's got to go, and we're on beverages, so this might we be the, only, it, we, this this might be the only segue that we get. What's going on with the, with the dude from Monster Energy Drink? Yeah, Dom, tell us about Hans Molekamp. What's the, with the public call out? Fill us in on this. Um, there's not a whole, I mean, I said pretty much everything I needed to say on, on the post-fight presser. It's just a time in, in the world where I think there's a lot of people where all over the place, not just here where it's like, I got a guy at work who's taking advantage of the situation. I got this person who's taking advantage of their power. And, you know, that power is given by a big company that I work for. I don't work for this person. So the whole shout out was, Hey, monster energy gene. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for always being here for me. Uh, the person that I shouted out was just a hindrance in that relationship. It was like, a, it's like putting a big, a big middleman in between me and monster. And this guy's making me do stuff for him, not monster. And mm. do I have to do that? Is that my, is that what monsters paying me is to build this person up? And the answer is no. And uh, when you, when I would talk to him one-on-one, -on -one, he would play this game like he was my friend and, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's just business Dom. You know, we've got to cut your money down because, you know, Casey Kenny isn't, isn't the, 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 the best opponent. So, you know, you're not, we are just before this fight, we're just going to have to drop your, drop your pay a little. And I'm saying, First of all, you're not a professional fighter, so you have no idea how good Casey Kenny is in my head. And the fact that I even need to explain that and try to defend myself to a guy who doesn't sponsor me, the, the brand sponsors me. I'm here to wear Monster right. and represent Monster. Right. And the fact that you are telling me that, that that needs to change because you want leverage, that's illegal. That's illegal to do before a fight scenario, to use my fight as leverage in a negotiation that doesn't even make sense. And then you're going to tell me, look, we're friends. We go back a real long time. So, okay. Um, let's, if that's how you treat your friends, I'll show you how I treat my friends. Let's do it. You know, let's all my friends. I fought pretty much every single one of my friends, every single one of them. So um, let's, let's just do a charity match and the charity can win, you know, I love monster monster is my sponsor. I stand behind them in anything they want. I do not stand behind this person.
I, I find okay. it crazy that they were going to try to like discount you because of Casey Kenny. Like, not only is Casey Kenny a fantastic prospect, well, let's not could, say they. Right. Let's okay. okay. They. You're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this, yeah, person, yeah, yeah. this person. This uh, person. That's be, the problem. Is this person is a is right. a. It's a. It's like a. Like a tick, he just sucks the life out of the brand itself. <laughs> it's it's not an actual thing. It's like. He's oh, writing Dominic. back of something, you know. See, you see, away. he says, you got away he, with words. You he got says it like words, it is, Buff. I says it like it, it is. It. But, but I got two. I got two things to say real quick. <clears throat> First off, being your friend, I'm wondering when the hell we're going to have to go toe to toe because if you're fighting all your friends, I guess. <laughs> oh, I respect the elderly though. It. That's where you fit in a perfect gap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> now the other the other question I had is when <laughs> when they're trying to change money on you or whatever, are, were you in a negotiation or are you in the terms of your contract? And he's going to no. My my contract was set by Monster. It wasn't even. Yeah. He's yeah. just trying to mess with me for no reason because I won't give him the love on social media. It wasn't even up for di discussion, to be honest. It was That's everything ridiculous. was set. But then he'll, he would throw that in there. And these are the games. If he's playing that game with me, he's playing that game with a lot of people. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people. And it's like, gotcha. okay, it's all right. But Monster, I'm positive, will sponsor me the, exactly where I'm at. I'm, I'm at a set contract. So what do you – this isn't a negotiation right now. And why are you, you know, why are you being a false negotiator? Right. You're, you're not, this isn't real. And I'm my, my contract set. So what are we just actually discussing? Oh, you need me to get on your page and like more stuff. You need me to give you a pat on the back. You need me to do a, your podcast. You need me to wear your brand separate from monster so that no man, like that's not what this is. So stop doing that to me. Stop doing that to other athletes. And if you're going to, Let's let's raise money for charity instead of you. I'd rather I'll give every penny to a charity of choice. I don't every penny. I don't need this for clout. I don't need this for fame. I don't I work for a living. I, I create my own way by fighting. So let's just do something for charity. Let's get let's make something positive out of this. I'm not mad at, at you. Well, now I have a different perspective of this because I wasn't aware you're saying let's fight for charity when you said let's fight for charity. You know, and it's just. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's that's a win win. It. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't I, I, like me, obviously, right? So, so here's a question: Since Saturday night, has he spoken about this? Has he called you? Has he retorted at all? From no, your I mean statements? he's under invest. From what I hear, Monster said they're investigating the situation. You know what I mean? And we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with me. But I'm I'm in alignment with anything Monster does. You know, they're my sponsor. Right. So I just want to make that clear. Like they're still my sponsor. They, I still, I love everything about monster energy drink. This thing was not about monster. This thing was about him only. Right. That's it. So hey. don't get it twisted. Don't mix them together. It's, it has nothing to do with monster. They just happen to have him there and he's making things up. You know, it comes down to one thing, dollars and cents along with principle monsters, your sponsor. They're paying you dollars and cents. There's principles involved. Monster just signed a new exclusive three-year deal with the UFC, which hopefully means you have three more years of income with Monster and an absolute minimum. Don't screw with my paychecks. You got something to say? Let's talk over here, not over here, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, and it's like when you stop me from being able to communicate to the higher-ups, too, now you see what I'm saying? It becomes right. You become a blockade. In you're my screwing, with, you're screwing with my contract. For no reason. Yeah. Like, why are you playing this game with me? This, this, and then telling me you're my friend, like, okay, this is a game. This is a passive aggressive game that you're playing. And how many other athletes can he do that with? It's there. And how many other people in the world are in this position where they've got this, 
this middleman playing this weird game because, you know, for, because they're, they're bullies. How many bullies are there? He's being a bully and I'm done being bullied by him. So let's, I'm ready to bully you. Like, let's do it for charity and we all win. I got, I got some information for the listeners and that basically everybody lives in the world. Don't bully Dominic Cruz. Don't even think about it. You're not going to like the results. Well, I'm not even mad. Like I'm not even, I, when I mean by a bully, it's like, okay, then let's fight. Like it's, yeah, exactly, that's what exactly. I do anyways. Like it's just another day for me. You're just going to keep me warmed up, homie. Like, <laughs> hey, Dominic, as the saying goes, talk is cheap. Those that talk don't do. And those that do don't talk. I'll see you on the field. Superstar. Let's play. Thank you, sir. Love you guys. Thanks, Love you too, Dom. Dom, you have a great week. Um, I can, I just want to honestly tell you, I'm always honest, but just tell you that it's a true pleasure to work with you. It's a true pleasure to know you and, and it always fun. You, Anik, me and all the others, our road warrior experiences. And I'm looking forward to so many more in the future. I loved watching you fight. Can't wait to see you fight again. Love the way you handle your career and how you handle yourself with class and style. Thank you, Dominic Cruz, for being a stand-up, stand-up guy and a great example of what it's like to be an, an octagon warrior in the UFC. Thank you, sir. Thanks one to no one. I appreciate that feedback. It's very meaningful. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Dominic. Have a great week, and I'll see you in two weeks. Okay? Yes, you will. We'll see you guys on the the broadcast, all right? All right, Dom. Dom. Take care, buddy. Big cheers. One of the greatest inside the octagon and outside of the octagon. Absolutely. And when I say cerebral fighter, I know you know what I mean. I know the audience knows what I mean, but I just want to state what I mean. He's a thinking man's fighter. Right. The conversations I have with Dominic about life and the world, much sure. about fighting and the octagon. Right. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze me how interesting he is. Well, there are many layers to his onion. Obviously, we talk a lot about fighting with Dom, but if you get a chance to, to speak with him about just life outside of uh, you know that arena, um, I mean, he, he can talk about anything. He's he's a nin- like an uh, uh, in in martial arts, a ninja is able to deal with like all physical challenges. Dominic's also a ninja just in life, like when it comes to speaking about things. And uh, I mean, I, I don't want to disrespect any other you know athlete or anything like that, but sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to get people in that space to talk about things outside of combat sports because they're so consumed with it. Uh, you're never going to find a, a lack of conversation with Dominic Cruz if you're having a, a beer or, or, or a no. dinner. No, I've, I've never had a boring moment with Dominic Cruz, as we just witnessed and just realized. So thank you, Dominic. Thank you, TJ. Let's go on to some news and things are happening, some weird stories that are happening this last week. Um, you know, COVID, we don't really, uh, we haven't really touched heavily on it. We all know what's going on in COVID. Um, Wait, did you just say we haven't touched heavily on it? That's all we've been talking about for a year, Buff. I know with the last couple of shows, we kind of, I kind of, I kind of lightened up a little bit. But, uh, you know, there's so much going on. Uh, you know, we know that the state of Texas opened up. Everything's back to normal as it is in Florida. Kind of, kind of. So I was kinda. in Mississippi last week yeah, where there's, tell me about where it's, that, where it's open. Tell um, being in Mississippi, the first thing I noticed, yes, quote unquote, they're open, but you can't go anywhere without a mask. Every single store, every single public space requires you to enter with a mask on or they don't allow you to, uh, come inside. So, uh, sure it's open, but kind of not really. Well, that's kind of not really, but in Texas, the mask mandate has been dropped. Yeah. In so- Mississippi, the mask mandate has been dropped. But oh, no the, but, business is allowing you to come in without a mask. And so I, that's an that's an individual individual choice. Like we have the right to serve whoever we want. Correct. But my point is this: is with the way that America is as litigious as it is, there is no way in hell that any public space 
is going to allow you to come in without a mask because they're afraid of getting sued. I went yeah. to multiple stores, multiple restaurants, 100% yes, they're open, there's no capacity limits, but you have to wear a mask. Here's the way I feel about it. If I go there for any kind of appearance, UFC, otherwise, whatever, Texas or Florida, open or not, I'm going to enjoy my quarantine. I'm going to enjoy my hotel room. I'm going to treat it the same way I treat it when I'm in Vegas until for, until further notice. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not- for the most part, yeah. Like, again, they're open, but it's no different than anywhere else at this point. Gotcha. You know, this COVID thing is so crazy. And, you know, we, we've seen with situations where, uh, and I'm sure in your promotions too, the fighters come in early, test clean on Monday, test positive on Thursday because the virus is gestating or whatever the case might be, or somebody caught it from somebody on a plane coming out or whatever. Right. Here's a wild story, TJ. A lung transplant, right? Mm-hmm. And a donor tested negative okay. for the virus, right? Donated. It's amazing. Donated a lung. You don't donate a lung. You die, and then you donate a lung. Oh, no, excuse me. Contract, a Michigan woman contracted COVID-19 and died last fall after receiving a double. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me get this straight. This woman received a double lung transplant, uh-huh. right? She died from the transplant okay. because the organs that were in put inside or transplanted into her were COVID-infected lungs. Right, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's terribly sad. Yet but- the donor tested initially negative for the coronavirus. But then the lungs were infected when they I mean, put them here, in. Here's the problem, though. Like, you're testing a donor who's deceased. Yeah. I, I don't know what that necessarily, um, like, how they, they were, how they test it, per se. You know what I they mean? They tested, they collected the samples from the nose and the throat, as those tests go. Um, they suffered a severe brain injury in the accident, and they tested negative for the virus. They immediately transported the trans- I mean, planted he, the lungs. He, here's the problem. When you do have a... A transplant of any kind, your immune system is is destroyed. Uh, you have to take anti-rejection medication, which basically destroys your immune system. Um, I mean, that's that's terribly sad. Yeah, it's terribly sad. It really is. It really is. There was another situation here. Um, cockfighting. You know I can't stand that, right? I mean, Cock- like with roosters? Yes, with roosters and, you know. Well, I mean, sorry, when I hear cockfighting, like, I just go back to 1994, 95, and hear Senator John McCain say human cockfighting, so. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Well, that's what he actually was, you know, comparing it to. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they. Don't, get your gun. mind out of the gutter, Bruce. I wasn't thinking like that. I didn't say anything. Uh-huh, I didn't say uh-huh. anything. I, I was just reacting to your reaction. Uh, in India, they have, you know, they have illegal cockfights, right? That's terrible. Well, the rooster turned around, slashed its owner in the groin, and guess who died? The well, owner. hey, karma's hey. a funny thing, my friend. Karma's a bitch, right? You yeah. Know what they say? Yeah, that's totally. right. Have you heard of this thing called pro-disc golfing? Yeah, for sure. They, had a, they just signed a pro-athlete in pro-disc golfing to a $10 million contract. You know what disc golfing is, right? It's frisbee golf. Yeah, that's, it's like frisbee golf, right? I mean, it is frisbee golf. I, wa- I wasn't aware. It's a $10 million contract of 10 years. It's a yeah. million dollars a year. He's had 130 wins, five championships, two national titles. Yeah. But it's amazing. You hear about these sports. Like when I first got into beer pong, you know, when I became the voice of beer pong years ago for um, cornhole is on television, buff cornhole, cornhole. I know another one. And I never even heard about cornhole until like six years ago. It shows you where I'm at. I mean, I've seen cornhole at tailgate parties. I, I mean, it's like horseshoes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Is there a professional horseshoe league? Probably. 
I'm just happy to see that these other sports, you know, you think aren't making a ton of money, but obviously there's a lot of money involved. I'm happy to see people money making money following what they love to do. $10 million, good for well, you. It's man. amazing to me that the money is there. You know, like, are you selling, I mean, that many goods for the company that's giving you that? Like, I don't even know. Like, do I go to the sporting goods store and buy discs for disc golfing or like how does i have no idea like this is to me disc golfing has always been kind of like a stoner sport you know that 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 culture is generally into that sort of thing but uh clearly they're doing it at a high level and there's money involved hey listen more money for the cannabis needed to play the game whatever go for it all good (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure there's gonna be cannabis sponsors if there isn't already I wouldn't doubt it for a single heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yeah. Hey, TJ, you know, I, I've surfed my whole life and, you know, we talk about surfing and uh, it's my favorite sport. I've told that many times mm-hmm. uh, just for many, many, many different reasons, aside from just being on the wave. Do you feel surfers are tough? I mean, I, I like they're, strong, they're, tough. Well, you know, like, well, yeah, I, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, you have to be a really good swimmer to be a, a surfer, like for sure. And also like there's a culture of like locals only and beating the crap out of people that don't belong in the beach. Like, yeah, for sure. Tough. Yeah, that, but also the beatdown that you can get from the waves itself. Yeah, what yeah. Let, let me get an example. Of it's that. not for the faint of heart. You can die surfing. And I'm not even talking about just, like, drowning because you don't know how to swim. Like, waves will crush and destroy you if you, I, you know, don't take the, care of yourself. The closest I ever came to death was surfing. I think I told the story on the show many years ago. I won't go into it now. But the closest I ever came to death in my life was in 1982 surfing. And, um, yeah, the waves are treacherous. You know, depending where you're at, you know, I was in a rocky area. I'll tell that story another time. Let me go into this story. Um, Jaws is one of the biggest, fiercest breaks in Hawaii and the surfer, Billy Kemper. Okay. Here's an example of a a thing. He got knocked down by the wave. Here's what happened. He got sucked into the mouth of the wave, which happens. And then you, you're just like in a funnel and you're moving with the wave. Then it slammed him onto a rock. It knocked him unconscious. It collapsed his his lung. His pelvis was broken down. Oh my God. His knee had to be reconstructed. Uh, And that's only a few of the injuries. How did he he live? How did he live? He lived. He's ready to get back in the water. He's a four time jaws event winner. Once a surfer, always a surfer. Once a fighter, always a fighter. Once an astronaut, always an astronaut. They'll all go back in and get back in the game. That's crazy. That list of injuries. There was another guy. You ever hear Jerry Lopez, the famous surfer, one of the most famous surfers of all time? This is going back to my generation. Pipeline master, pipeline god. He came down on pipeline. And if you've ever been to pipeline, literally you're surfing in it, sometimes a foot to two or three feet of water. Oh, wow. There's caves and reef beds and everything. And that's why the wave, when the wave breaks like this, it's because it's hitting bottom, which causes the wave to go like that. Right. Okay, big waves that don't go like that are usually falling in deeper water. As the wave rolls in, it hits the bottom, which causes the wave to break. Well, what happened is he took off on the wave. Pipeline's known for these treacherous, amazing tube rides where you're inside the tube. He fell down. The nose of the board went up his anus, pierced him, and he wound up having to get wear a bag for a while. Uh, how's, how's that for a recovery? Uh, Isn't that crazy? No, thank Surfer, you. Surfers are tough individuals, tough sport, beautiful sport. Just got to give credit to my fellow surfers who I respect so 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 much. that's crazy Ouch. crazy stuff no thank crazy you stuff. I'll uh, I'll stick to uh body surfing yeah well even then you know you can still get hurt in body surfing yeah, but not like I, that I, I uh go down to what's that break in Newport Beach uh ah famous break body surfing break people try to surf it there's guys that are on wheelchairs that have been seen on the beach where it says on the back it happened here 
God, what's that break? I can't believe it. I'm brain farting right now. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Body surfing can be very dangerous. It's all about where you're doing it, what the, where the break is that you're in. The Maybe my joke it. was too subtle. You talked about a board going up someone's behind. Yeah, I know. I got you. I I'll got stick you. No, to fine. body. Sur- yeah, Enjoy the body surfing. Enjoy the body surfing. Let's get into some collectibles as we're doing on the show before we sign off today. Rare Kobe Bryant rookie card just sold for nearly $1.8 million. Kobe Bryant's rookie card. Crazy again. Angeli Jolie, uh, collector of art. She just sold um, a record, smashed off record. I can't get it up on my screen here. A rare Winston Churchill painting by Winston Churchill. You know, the famous prime minister of England. He painted himself? I'm not sure what the painting was, but it sold for $11 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, right. I, it doesn't show what she paid for it. I'd, I'd be interested to know what she paid for it. Have you heard of these NFT digital collectibles that are happening now? So I've heard about them, but I don't quite understand them. Well, I will tell you that I don't quite understand them either, although I just signed a deal where they're making one for me, and I just advertised it on Monday, and I guess I'll learn as I go along. But this is like all these sports cards and everything that we talk about, that we trade back and forth and collect. Uh, now they're becoming digital online how, do, how are they not replicated and duplicated you know what i mean like that's that's what's hard for me to wrap my head around there's exclusive digital rights involved that people are willing to pay millions for it like jack dorsey who's the uh the twitter guy uh-huh uh he's selling his very first tweet yeah, as i saw a, that and I, yeah for 2.5 million and i'm like who the heck's gonna pay that somebody and then i'm read somebody and then i'm re- and i'm told the ones of me that they're gonna sell to be ready for whatever happens and i'm like I don't know what's going to happen. I'm learning as I go along, TJ, but all I'm hearing about is two million here, one million here, guys making hundreds of thousands. I mean, uh, Logan Paul, like like three million in one day. I'm never going to get upset about, you know, a commerce being created that way. Like, that's great, but I still don't understand it. I don't understand it either. It's a new form of collecting uh, in this new age that we live in with social media and everything digital and online so i guess they're just adapting to what it is and it's working so right let's keep track of this we're going to have to talk more about this as time goes on this is another collectible that's coming in i'm going to give you an example of a few items that just went uh jackie robinson uh his 1952 rookie card and psa 9 just sold for nine hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. wow um 51 bowman mickey mantle rookie card in PSA 8, $615,000. The great Roberto Clemente, 1955 Tops rookie card and PSA 9 sold for $1.1 million. You know, all of these cards were in somebody's bicycle spokes at one point. You know what I mean? Like somebody destroyed something that could have been sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars just because they were a kid at that time. Exactly. Oh, my. What? What happened? I had the whole star collection of cards. I got to find it. It says here an 8485 star 101 Michael Jordan rookie card in PSA 8 just sold for $162,000. You have one whole, of these? I had the whole series. You had or have? I let go of a batch. I've got to go into my, oh, I've got to go into my. Uh, uh, buffer's going in the vault. Got to go in the vault. I know I had the star cards. I thought they came up. The ones I think I had 92. I got to, anyway, that's what I got to check. <laughs> this is what happens. I'm reading All this. Right. This is off the slide. I'm just looking at this for the very first time. Are okay, you home so. for a while? Yeah, I'm home for a while. I'll be looking at some stuff. Trust me. All right. Me. Well, I'm just saying, like, maybe I need to come down this next week with my Foot Locker of cards, and we'll go through it. You need to come down here and get down here. I told you I bought a Michael Jordan PSA uh, 8 rookie card. Yeah. Um, well, the 10 just sold for $615,000, right? 
I paid sixteen for the eight. That see the difference? Right. Eight, no, you're nine, gonna be able to sell ten. this thing for a hundred thousand dollars before too long. Well, we'll see. I don't plan on doing it, but but look how much it changes. That was an oh, eight yeah. and then a nine, but the ten oh. went for six hundred and fifty. That's unbelievably staggering. Just give I'm it a minute, Buff. Stuff. Just give it a minute. You'll be buying a friggin' Tesla with it. Crazy, crazy. Jim Brown's top ten rookie card, two hundred nine thousand. The former commentator? Yeah, <laughs> the former great uh, running back for the uh, NFL, that's for sure. Oh, boy, Walter Payton, 124. They're all six figures and seven figures. It's unbelievable, TJ. Really yeah, it's amazing. huge. It's just amazing, just amazing. Hey, by the way, did you enjoy coming to America with Eddie Murphy? Um, I was a little bit young when it came out. Um, I remember watching it. I don't remember much of the film. Uh, I plan on watching the sequel, but I got to go back and yeah. watch the first one first. Well, that's what I want to say. The sequel's coming out. The first one was hilarious. Obviously, sequel's out. It's out right now. Oh, it's out? Mm -hmm. It's out? Yeah, oh, so Amazon Prime. I, okay, I'm going to watch it uh, probably tonight then. I want to watch it and laugh. There you go. Sounds sounds really cool. TJ, what's up? Anything happening for your week? No, no, nothing uh, nothing too crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I'll be live right. uh, on Fight Pass again immediately following the uh, the card coming up Saturday night. Uh, hopefully people will check that out. But uh, I don't know. I, I kind of think I need to grab this Foot Locker and bring it down to... To Casa de Buffer. Yeah, I told you. We'll go through it. I'll be happy to. I'm excited about doing that. Well, we've got a good show happening here. Let's see. On um, Saturday, what do we have? UFC 66. It's not UFC 66. I promise you that. No, it's not UFC 66, but it's ESP. We, we, that's what we call it, ESPN 66. Let's see the card over this real quick. Yada, yada, yada. Leon Edwards. Yep. Leon Edwards is back. I saw him before I left. Sunday and uh, yeah, Bala Muhammad and Leon Edwards. I like that fight. I like that fight. It's an interesting That's fight. Leon Edwards has kind yeah. of been on the outside looking in uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to this welterweight uh, picture. Um, Bala Muhammad can't deny this this kid. He's been doing pretty much amazing things for uh, a long while now. So it's a, it's a good fight. It's a, it's a fight that I don't think uh, if you would have told me a year ago it would have been a main event, I would have said, well, probably not a main event, but it very right. much is a main event and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. There's a bunch of good fights on the card and they're bringing back uh, the fight that we lost uh, previously. Angela Hill and, and uh, Ashley Yoder yeah. will go at it. So looking forward to that. I always like watching Angela fight. I will not be in the Octagon on Saturday. I will be back on the uh, 20th and the 27th. Excited to get back in. But last week, TJ, um, a very interesting night, <laughs> to say the least. What did you think? What did you think of the DQ? Because that was the first time I've ever seen a championship title yeah. transferred in a DQ in my 25-plus years of announcing fights. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only time I've ever seen a title change hands in that manner, it wasn't even a DQ. It was just an odd instance when uh, Vitor Belfort sliced the eyelid of Randy Couture, and it was more the, the glove uh, design yeah. being an issue. Um, I mean... It's tough because I firmly believe that we need to have knees to the head of a downed opponent. Uh, there was no time. Oh, you believe you believe that one hundred percent because there okay. was no there was no time that knees to the head of a downed opponent really caused anybody traumatic issues. Uh, Gan McGee did it as I said in New Jersey, which caused Larry Hazard to freak out and uh, right. wanted wanted that rule changed. Um, the other time that I can recall knees to the head really being uh, a problem was Mark Coleman uh, knocked out Alon Goez and pride with it. Uh, but uh, Coleman was 80 pounds heavier and you know it was was a product of sort of size mismatching in uh, in pride. Um, JJ, I got to stop you one second. Yeah. One second. 
I used to love. Now, headbutts are brutal. Okay? Right, sure. And if you know how to throw one, it's great for a street fight. Right. Close, but you better throw it correctly. But when Mark Coleman used to drop his head into people on a down-mounted opponent, yeah, oh, it it was just I mean, so brutal to watch. Sure, so I, I I'm not I'm not for headbutts, and and that's what kind of bothers me is you make these comparisons. No offense to you, Bruce, but you make these comparisons about knees to the head being like headbutts. Well, they're not the same. No, that no, was wrong on my part. Right, right but, but also too, like when I bring up knees, people go, "Oh, you can soccer kick people." It's not the same. N- knees to the head are effective because of, of two reasons. One. If you're able to knee someone in the head, you're going to get a reaction that could cause you to win the fight then and there. But beyond that, it makes it so, in the situation of Aljamain Sterling, he's not going to sit there. He's going to move because yeah. a front headlock position in mixed martial arts, in my opinion, is more dominant and dangerous than the full mount. And it's been neutered because we have this idea that it's not safe for the athletes to be there. Sure, it's not safe to hit knees to the head. Michael Venom Page uh, cracked the skull of Cyborg, uh, Evangelista Cyborg Santos in, in Bellator, but he did so on the feet. So the idea that a knee is more dangerous on the floor compared to on the feet, no, taking knees to the head are dangerous. I mean, that's just the fact of it. Uh, and a lot of people, again, forget that from 1993 until 2000, you could knee the head of a grounded opponent in the UFC. Can you name one instance where it was really bad and, and stopped a fight in the UFC? No, you can't because it wasn't that dangerous of a position. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to lean towards your your opinion there, but you know, want to get back to the, uh, the the football, the soccer kicks to a downed opponent. You know, why you know don't think, don't because I'm no one's for soccer kicks. No one's. No, for I'm soccer not kicks. either. Every time you say that, all I think about is the vision of Reginald Denny during the LA riots. But stop, stop, yeah, because no, again, no. you don't need to, to bring that point up because right. like soccer kicks are only brought up when knees are because they allowed both in pride. Gotcha. To me, I'm not for soccer kicks. I also, at the same time, don't think that soccer kicks are the most dangerous because if you're if you're kicking someone in the head, fight's pretty much over, man. Like you're not winning a fight out of nowhere because you kick somebody in the head. Like again, nobody really allows themselves to get kicked in the head unless they're completely out of it. So completely out of it, yeah, right. So my opinion on soccer kicks is that's not an issue here. Every time I bring up knees to the head of a down opponent, everybody wants to bring up headbutts. Everybody wants to bring up soccer kicks. It's like no, I guess, guys. I, I guess I'm like everybody with the headbutts. You are, <laughs> you are. You're part of the problem. Like again. Oh my God, knees, I'm a problem. <laughs> knees to the head, Bruce, are not that big of a deal. No, no, I, I'm already, listen, I'm already, I'm already bent on that. I'm Listen, I'm not a... a but you still want to bring up I'm soccer not, kicks, which drives I'm me not, crazy. It just, it, it just came out. And obviously, it's a it's a uh, light or sensitive subject with you. So there there are two rules that I need to get rid of in MMA. One, yeah. John McCarthy said this a billion times. There's no such thing as a 12 to 6 elbow. There's always some sort of arc to it. We, we, we don't need to worry about that. Get rid of the Agreed. 12 to 6 elbow rule. And then Agreed. get rid of the knees of the head of a ground opponent. Because here's my thing. More than anything, Aljamain Sterling didn't defend a knee because he knew he couldn't lose a fight by getting knee to the head in the floor. However, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get knee to the head on the floor. And that's an issue. If a fighter thinks that they're safe and they don't defend something, that is counterintuitive to what we're doing uh, in a fight. And that needs to go by the wayside. I'm with you because I feel like I just got two knees from you to the head for this conversation. And I'm. Well, were you standing or were you on the floor? That's the question. I'm sitting. I'm sitting taking knees to the head. So fight's over. Well, technically, you only got two feet on the floor. So you're not a grounded opponent. 
I'll, if I go down and put the hands on the floor, you won't see me. So well, it depends on what jurisdiction, one <laughs> hand or two. You know what I mean? That's that's the other issue, too. We've muddied the waters on what is and what isn't a grounded yeah, opponent. Yeah, it's got to be both hands down. I, listen, I, I'm with you in all this. I, I, I disagree with that because both hands down means you're playing the game, which makes no, you no, ultimately the, more defensive. No, I'm saying the rule stated. Not both really. Hand, not really, Buff, in, in certain areas. In Vegas, it's only one hand. In other places, it's two. So this gets back to this gets back to the same thing we discussed before. As I talk about the federal rules, it's got to be universal. One hundred percent. I mean, we, we like I hate when when Anik, and it's not John's fault, but I hate when Anik gets on the mic at the beginning of every show and goes, "We're following the old unified rules." Well, if there are multiple unified rules, they're not unified. Um, you know what I mean? You commented. I have no comment. I'm. What do you mean you have no comment? They're not unified because rules are rules. Because rules are rules. If that's the rules, that's the rules. I'm not arguing the rules, Bruce. I'm yeah. arguing calling them the unified rules. No, 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 no. You I can't got, have no, multiple saying, yeah. versions of something called the unified rules and say they're unified. That goes back to what I just said before. It should be unified all across the board. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so when you're fighting MMA, you're fighting MMA on MMA rules. At least in the United States, we need to have and, unified uh, rules. Well, that's what we're talking about. The United States, yeah. we have no call for what's happening overseas or whatever. That's their choice. We're only in the United States. All right. Nice debate to end the show. Not even a debate because it's just TJ. TJ's freaking out again. He's, he's got a problem. Out again. <laughs> no, you don't have a problem. You just have an opinion and opinions are good. Yeah, but okay. they're like assholes. Yeah, I know. Everybody's got one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. You said it. I didn't. But you took a puncher's chance and I appreciate uh, the know. fact that you allowed me to advertise the, the bourbon real quick. Well, it's your show. There you go. It's your show, not mine. I got to pay myself. See, pay sponsor, puncher's channel. There you there go. go. Yay, yay, yay. All right, TJ. Uh, I will not be in the octagon, as I said earlier this weekend. I'll be watching. Everybody enjoy the show. I'll be back next week. Uh, TJ, we're going to sign off. Go ahead. Uh, that's it. Follow me on uh, Twitter at TJ DeSantis. Uh, check out uh, Extra Rounds on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page and archived uh, on Fight Pass. And uh, that's pretty much it. Follow TJ and uh, tweet him and ask him about uh, kneeing a down opponent. Right, do don't do that, to, please. Don't ready to answer for all your all your things. Also, to everybody on Cameo, which I'm very active on the Cameo videos. Please check out Cameo for TJ DeSantis. TJ DeSantis will cut you a nice Cameo, make your life really special. I'll cut you a nice Cameo, make your life hopefully special. So there's my Cameo promo for today. Otherwise, go to BruceBuffer.com for videos and audios, weddings, birthdays, birth of babies, you name it, I do it, businesses. We are busier than ever here at Buffer Enterprises and happy to fulfill all your wishes as your wishes are my command. Just email us at info at BruceBuffer for all your choices. Info at BruceBuffer.com. Did I get that right? Yes, I did. Okay, everybody, I want you all to have a good week. Uh, very exciting night in the Octagon last Saturday. So much more excitement coming up. I'll see you on the 20th of this month in the UFC Octagon. Enjoy the show this weekend. Everybody set your goals, write them down, be the best you can be when you step on that path because if you are the best you can be when you are proceeding future in your life's goals, then you are winning. And that's what we're all about in this time radio. It's all about winning and being the best you can be. With that note, have a great week. I will see you next week at, well, from here on It's Time, Buffer Out. It's Time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only.